I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. But not every email needs to be the size of war and peace. Sometimes it's literally three sentences and you've got them. If it's something that's interesting, it's about giving value. It's about letting people in. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Katie Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're chatting about how to use your fab factor to grow your email list. And I love that idea, mm-hmm. fab factor. Mm-hmm. But before we go any further, what fabulous drink are you enjoying today, Jesse? So I guess you could say it's pretty basic. I have been enjoying some Sam seasonal beer from the Sam Adams Brewing Company. And right now it's the winter lager, which okay. I... I actually like beer, but it has to be like a heavier, bolder beer. Like I just can't drink like a really super light lager. So um, theirs is really good though. And so I've been wanting something a little bit different. I've been kind of trying to steer clear of like too much sweeter drinks right now. I feel like I've been getting like heartburn from them. (laughs) That's when you know you're getting old. Yeah. Getting heartburn from drinks. Yeah. I am the complete opposite. I mean, we, we knew that, but in terms of drinking, yeah, you know, I have actually, I'm, I'm so over winter, so oh, I over know. winter. Um, so I've actually been enjoying some more fruity drinks. I had my pignac, the one with the, we've talked about oh, that yeah. one before. It comes in the little pineapple bottles. They're really cute. And I actually keep the pineapple, the little tiny ones. Yeah. Um, but I had the rosé one the other night and it was, and I was, I was just, really needed something that just reminded me of summer or warm weather or something. So I was enjoying that. And it was, it was very sweet. Like I think next time I would cut it with like some plain seltzer or something, but it was really good. Yeah. That does actually sound really good. So maybe after I give my esophagus some time to like chill out, then I'll (laughs) I'll try it out. (laughs) Oh, we are officially getting old. (laughs) Now that we have that important, important business out of the way, we're going to travel to the South of France. We wish. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least our guest is there. We're going to chat with Charlie. With no, excuse me. We're going to chat with Kylie Lang about the Fab Factor. Kylie Lang is a sales funnel strategist and founder of the Fab Factor. She works with creatives and coaches to grow their email list, get more leads, and build a sustainable business that generates consistent income using the power of automated sales funnels. Kylie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. We're so excited to have you. Now, first off, we must start with, what are you drinking? Okay, so I actually have three drinks on my desk right now. (laughs) I have to have water, you know, just in case there's a frog in my throat. I do have a very strong coffee in my Downton Abbey mug. And I also have a sneaky glass of red wine as well, because I do love a glass of red, especially when it's this cold, which it is right now. That actually sounds so good right now. I feel like I want to go downstairs, <laughs> dig through my dig through my liquor yep. cabinet, and see if I have any. But Kylie, how cold is it where you are? I have to ask. Probably not as cold as where you are, but I'm a softie and I just love we the are sun. Too. So you know, it's three degrees, which I actually think is freezing cold. But having lived for ten years of my life in Australia, where the minute it went under eighteen degrees, we were all shivering. Um, yeah, I think it's turned me into a Southern softie. 
Now that's Celsius, right? Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Sorry. Okay. No, no, yeah. that's okay. I was like, oh, she must be talking about Celsius. I know. Oh, well, yeah. And you guys are Fahrenheit, aren't you? I forgot about yeah. that. Nope, yeah. that's okay. I know. We're the oddballs out, right? Like yeah. everybody else <laughs> yes. Everybody Celsius. else is Celsius. Definitely. Even Canada is Celsius. So yes. every time I go up there, I'm kind of like, what? What temperature is it? I don't even know. Um, well, so you kind of gave us a little bit about uh, your background that you lived in Australia, but tell us a little bit about your journey and what it is that you do. Sure. Um, so I actually started life off as a wedding planner, believe it or not. Um, and this is quite a few years ago. I celebrated my 50th birthday last year. So I'm an old girl, been around a while <laughs> um, and started off as a wedding planner and moved to Australia because I got married to my first husband. And when I moved, it was a case of, well, what do I do now? I'd sold my planning business and I just didn't know what else to do. And I thought, I know, I'll, I'll take a year out. Well, about three years, uh, three weeks into that, I got really bored. Um, and so I'm going to have to do something. I can't just sit here. So I thought that it would be a good idea to teach other people. Um, there was nobody doing any type of online training. Um, so I wrote my first course and sort of my that was my first foray into the world of digital. At the very beginning, it was very much paper-based because we were still kind of on dial-up internet and we hadn't quite hit the, you know, the whole Wi-Fi thing yet. And I slowly but surely made the change from paper-based to online and then I've been doing that now for 13 years. And that business just kind of runs itself now. Um, the challenge has kind of gone out of it for me because it is like a well-oiled machine um, but I still love it because it's my big background but about five years ago we realized that we couldn't just rely on being number one in Google anymore we had to do more than that and that's when I discovered the joy of the sales funnel and we created various different lead magnets and what have you for our business but it was when I stumbled across quizzes that I suddenly realized the power of a really good quiz to use as a lead magnet. But to really make it stand out, you had to do all the follow through stuff with the funnels. So obviously that included the email marketing, et cetera, et cetera. And the thing that seemed to really make you stand out was injecting your personality into it. And this is how I came up with the idea of using your fab factor, basically putting your, um, your whole personality into something. And I'll tell you more about that in a moment. Um, but that's how I got into the digital marketing space was really by mistake through having to find a way to push my online course company out there. So I really focused on that for a good year and a half. And it got to a point where people were coming to me and asking me how we were managing to generate all this content and generate all these leads in the way that we were. And I thought, mm, there's something in this. So I decided to start my own online digital um, company doing quiz funnels and sales funnels. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. I spend the majority of my time creating quiz funnels for other people. <laughs> so, and the content that goes with them. I love quizzes. I just find them to be, you know, it's so funny. We all are so fascinated with what finding out more about ourselves and these quizzes usually oh. have some kind of like you mentioned Downton Abbey at the beginning like I am a sucker for like what Downton oh, Abbey character too. are you have you taken and a I'll, quiz that's at yeah and of course I'll keep taking it to like get the character that I want as well. what's the character what's the character you get and what's the character you want well, I always seem to end up with um, Lady Edith, and I don't want to be Lady Edith. I want to be Lady Mary. 
obvious but reasons. Lady, <laughs> well, we could go into a whole other conversation about Downton Abbey. I do think we Lady did. Edith in the end, for no spoilers here, had a really great life. So, you know, as much as she I did. didn't she like did. her in the beginning, she seemed to, Jesse's like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Totally fine. I'm let, I'm letting you guys do your thing and I'm, just, I'm taking some fabulous notes here. So, so why do we need email lists? Like everybody talks about growing your list, growing your list. Why is it so important to our, our business or uh, brand? That's such a good question. It's the thing that we always have to remember is that no matter what we're doing on things like social media, we don't own those platforms. And you just have to look at that big outage we had in the back end of last year when all of a sudden Instagram and Facebook and WhatsApp stopped working. I think it was for about 12 hours. And everyone went, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Well, that's a really, really good example of why you need to be building your email list because that email list is yours. Not only that. People's inbox is really quite a private place. So you can have a much more personal and intimate conversation with people in in an email inbox, as opposed to putting a post on Instagram or popping something into a Facebook group. You can really start to nurture your audience. There's that whole no like trust factor that gets built by the emails that you send through. Obviously, you have to be consistent. Obviously, you've got to have something to say. You can't just email for the sake of it. Um, But not every email needs to be the size of war and peace. Sometimes it's literally three sentences and you've got them. If it's something that's interesting, it's about giving value. It's about letting people in. It's about showing people who you really are and asking them to respond in return. So having an email list It is the one platform where you can really build an emotional connection with somebody and actually start to engage in a conversation. Um, So I I suppose that's probably the easiest way for me to put it, that I'm a big email list fan. So, Yeah, I think it's really important. It's it's funny, when I started my business, I really had no email list. I mean, I'm talking back in 2011, but realized that, you know, eventually I was going to need to be able to connect with my clients or past clients because past clients or current or like leads are how you are going to generate Mm. additional income and, you know, make that connection. So it can seem very daunting. And I remember thinking to myself, like, how am I even going to, like, where do I even start? Like, what, how am I going to even start collecting these email addresses? So walk us through, you know, some of the ways or what is needed to start growing your email list. Um, This could be, you know, the strategy behind it, but also any tech, any insight you have on tech, because some people get really stuck on like the Uh, technical pieces too. Yeah. Okay. So the one thing I always say to people is, When you're trying to get people to give you their name and email address, sometimes it can be even harder now to to get people to sign up for something that's free than it is to actually get them to sign up for something that's paid for. Bizarre, I know, but it comes down to perceived value. So whatever it is that you're giving away as your freebie, which is the easiest way to get somebody's name and email address and get them onto the list in the first place. And this can be called many different things. It can be called a lead magnet. It can be called a a freebie. But essentially what it is, is an exchange of information. But that piece of information has to be something that's really valuable to your ideal client. So 
The place to start is by looking at why you exist in the first place, because every business solves a problem. So what is the problem that you solve for your audience? There's a reason you have your product or your service. It is to solve a problem. Your product or service is a solution to a problem. So the easiest way to start, and until you have really got this whole lead magnet thing down pat, you only want to create one to start with. So you want to be quite generic with the question you're asking. So think about your audience and think about all the people in your audience and the questions they most often ask that would be relevant to a good 80% of the people in your audience. Now, you're never going to better cover everybody because everybody comes at things from different angles and they're going to have different questions about the same thing. So we're not looking at getting too specific here. We're looking at, uh, looking at something that's generic, a problem that's generic. So let's use an example. Let's say you're a visibility coach then the big question would be, how do I become more visible? Now, the reasons behind that might be because someone doesn't have the confidence to be more visible. It might be that they don't know what to say. It might be that they don't have the content to put out there to be more visible. There could be numerous different reasons as to why somebody's not visible. But the question that they're all asking is the same. So when you start from that point, it gives you an idea for whatever that lead magnet or freebie is going to be. And within the lead magnet or freebie, you need to give them something of value. People see through those really flimsy giveaways that are full of fluff and fresh air and pretty much not at, not much else. So you need to give them something of value. I always say give them a quick win. Empower them, but not too much. Give them the what, but not the how. So when you, whenever you're giving anything away for free, you should never give away the golden goose. What you're wanting to do is give them the what behind what you do, but never empower them with the how, because the how is what they pay you for. But you can still give a ton of value in the what. So that's sort of the idea behind creating any type of lead magnet that's going to convert, that's actually going to get people wanting to know more from you, wanting to hear from you, wanting to engage with you. Then you've got to decide what that lead magnet is going to be. Is it going to be some kind of swipe file? Is it going to be a cheat sheet? Is it going to be a guide? Is it going to be an ebook? Is it going to be a quiz? Now, yes, I am going to turn around to you and say a quiz is the most valuable one. Um, and there are reasons behind that. So what's happened over the past two years with COVID is that people have been bombarded with information and people now know what lead magnets are. People now know that those little pop-ups are going to offer you something and you've got to put your name and address in or you've just got to click and get, you know, get it to go off the screen because it's really annoying. Yeah, people know this stuff now. So they're kind of not as drawn in as what they were. Whereas with something like a quiz, there's curiosity there. And as you said in the first place, we all want to know something about ourselves. We can't help it. We're curious by nature. We're humans. So if you are asking a question that you know your audience are interested in, you know, and that could literally be anything, what's your visibility score or, you know, what's your hidden wedding planner talent? You know, there's just so many ways you can go about this. You're giving them value. It's interesting. It's fun. But it's also interactive because people are kind of sick of static things that you download and read and may read, may not read. It might just sit on your desktop. But when it's a quiz, you're actually in the moment. You're doing it. You're finding out something about yourself 
But the great thing from your point of view as a content creator is you're also finding out things about your audience as well. And there's no other lead magnet that does that. Now, obviously, you've got to know how to put these questions and answers together in order to find out this information. But the reason that is important is because do you remember at the beginning when I said you need to ask a generic question? Well, you don't want to be sending generic emails. (laughs) You want to be sending emails that target a particular pain point of your ideal client. And as I said, with the visibility thing, that could be three or four different pain points that make up that one question. But by using a quiz, you can find out which of those pain points it is and then send targeted emails to people by having found out that information. Now, there's a lot more that goes into a quiz than that. But That's the essence of creating a really good lead magnet. And when it comes to the tech side of it, you don't have to make it complicated. So, for example, really, the main things you need are a landing page, a form on that landing page in order to be able to collect the name and email address, and then it has to be connected to some kind of CRM, which is your customer relationship management system, which will be something like MailChimp or ActiveCampaign or ConvertKit. That's the thing that delivers your emails and your freebies. It's the thing that is attached to the form that takes the information and pops it in there for you. It's all automated. Then all you do is set up what we call an automation to deliver the emails to people. And it's that simple. It actually doesn't need to be complicated. Usually the hardest part is putting together the actual lead magnet itself in the first place and coming up with that big question. You know, what am I answering? What's the question I'm answering? So hopefully that that explains it well enough without being too complicated. <laughs> it does. It does. I think it's a good mm-hmm. to know because it's more than, you know, going out and saying, oh, give me your email address. I'd love to just put you on my email list. Like nobody's going to do that anymore. And when I was first starting to grow my email list, I thought that that's kind of how you do it. And that's really not. So when I was first um, starting my list, I I had no idea that that's really how it was done is that you need to exchange information as opposed to just, oh, give me your email list. So, so yeah, so you've got this now method through a freebie or an opt-in or a wonderful quiz. You're going to then be able to understand more about your audience in return Mm -hmm. of that and be able to then target them through targeted email campaigns in a very simple tech setup, sounds like. It just makes it so simple. And even though it seems like a ton of work. It it is really. It, 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 you know, as long as I think, I think for me, it's always, and I'm a writer, the the biggest thing is like finding that personality to share with people. And I think that kind of is what you're addressing with like the fab factor, right? Tell us a little bit about the fab factor. Okay. So it's kind of like that secret ingredient that I always like to tell people that you're sharing. And I live in France, so I'm going to use a French phrase. It's kind of like your je ne sais quoi. So it's that thing that nobody else can have. It's I know it kind of works, isn't it, with me living in France? It wouldn't work otherwise, but that's what it is. It's what makes you unique. It's what makes you you. You have to be able to embrace it. And it's about the whole strategy is about taking that and injecting your personality into every single part of your business. So your fat factor is kind of like your superpower. So I tell my clients to wear it like a, a crown, you know, don't let it, don't be afraid to just let it be at the core of everything that you do. 
Because what separates people that really have a good connection with their audience and the ones that don't is the ones that understand it, embrace it, and know how to use it. So, and you kind of touched on this as well about being in business now is very different. You can't just say to people, hey, come join my list. You're going to love it. It's about connection. You know, it's about emotions. It's about building that no like trust factor, as I mentioned earlier. It's all of those things that bring your factor together. You have to be able to inject that into what you do, what you talk about, whether that's on social, whether that's via email, whether that's in a blog. And you can't be afraid to do it. So, for example, <laughs> when I was at school, I was not one of the cool kids, not by a long stretch. Um, I played violin, so that didn't really, that didn't add to my sex appeal in any way, shape or form. It really wasn't cool to play violin at school. Um, Now, though, when I tell people about this, they're like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I'm thinking, God, if only you'd been at my school. (laughs) I think violin is a very sexy instrument. Well, I do, too, but nobody else did, (laughs) not at school. (laughs) It really wasn't, trust me. I was like a walking advert for nerd. Um, So I was quite a shy kid I didn't like being pushed out there in front of people I didn't like to embrace any of my little weird things and you know the fact that I played violin I used to try and hide it but it's actually those things now that make me stand out from other people you know the things that I love and talk about all the time so your fab factor could be anything I talk about ABBA all the time these are all ways that you can inject your fab factor into what you're doing and it makes you real people actually don't want that curated version that we used to see all the time that was you know the perfect look the perfect life the perfect cup of coffee the perfect whatever on Instagram it's not real you can't connect with that whereas seeing me dancing around in my back garden to ABBA songs and in my Instagram reels I get the biggest amount of traction on that stuff to a point where when ABBA launched their latest album, the new Voyage yeah. album, I received messages from people I didn't even know saying, oh, my God, the first thing I saw off was you. I was, I was just going to say, were you excited for their new powerful. album this year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. But people <laughs> think of me as their dancing queen. It's great. I get referred, you know, by it all the time. And, of course, if you don't like ABBA, it might well put you off from wanting to work with me. Um, but that's okay because we kind of want to do the attract repel thing. I only want to attract people that get me, that like me, that want to work with me, that I can have mm-hmm. fun with and that I can ultimately be myself with because they're the people I'm going to do my best work for because we get each other. Whereas when you're working with somebody that just sort of looks at you and you go, Really? Why are you talking about ABBA? Why are you talking about Downton Abbey? Like, well, because I love them and I love pink. I'm wearing a pink jumper now. It's my favorite color. You know, there's all these different things that make you, you, that give you that je ne sais quoi. And so that's what you need to inject. And don't be afraid to embrace it. As I say, there's so many reasons why you should. Well, I'm totally with you on pink and Maybe I'm not a huge ABBA fan, but I do love ABBA and of course Downton Abbey. So, I mean, we're like, we're, we're like mind, minds are connected right here. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I would love to live in the Southeast of France. So, you know, that. Yeah. A lot of people would. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's actually, that's actually something that a lot of people will send me is like stuff about France. Cause I, I love travel and, and yeah, that's, that's kind of my little 
weird or fab factor or something like that is, is my obsession with like France and, and England. And, and then, um, Jesse actually sent me something the other day. Uh, I used to be a TV reporter and she sent me a thing about, um, this woman who was a former TV reporter was reporting outside of her son's bedroom. Uh, and talking about yes. how he had acted out that day. And I was it was the like, TikTok. Oh, it was a viral TikTok. I actually saw it on like Yahoo News. It made uh, like okay. the news that went so viral. And, and she, it just, yeah, I was it like, really oh, hit my night. Oh, I was like, <laughs> you need to do this. That's, that's something you connect with. It's what makes you you. It's what lights yeah. you up. And I think that's kind of the important thing here is it, you can't be authentic about something if you don't really love it. Like I couldn't be like that about Abra if I didn't really love them. So it's about that authenticity as well, showcasing who you are, not being frightened to be who you are, letting people see your personality. And I think that's what's going to attract your real audience. You want fans. You don't want people who don't get you or don't like what you like. Now, obviously, not everyone is going to like what you like. But that doesn't always mean that it doesn't connect. So there's a a client of mine and she's actually been on our podcast, Courtney Fanning, and her emails are so funny, are so engaging. And she has been watching like Formula One, which is hilarious because I just never would have imagined her liking that. And so reading about it and following her journey about watching Formula One has been really, really interesting. And so... It's not something I like, but the fact that the way she writes about it and injects it into like her emails of, hey, this is what I'm watching lately is is actually really, really interesting and keeps me engaged. And I think that's a lot with the pandemic. We all feel so separated. So so alone and, you know, being able to connect to somebody on a personal level has become so much more important. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know that I think that's a big part of of sharing those different things about yourself yeah definitely all right well now we know a little bit about the yeah, fab factor for and, you, sure. and you talked a little bit about you know how how to do it but what are some best practices that we should be kind of thinking about when it comes to that welcome sequence or or regular communication with our clients we kind of know now how we need to inject our personality what's kind of the best way to go about it I guess Okay, so whenever you do any type of freebie, it's always going to lead to what we call a nurture sequence. And obviously, that first email is going to be delivering whatever you promised you were going to deliver, whether that's quiz results, whether it's a swipe file, whatever the lead magnet is, you've got to deliver that. But then you want to have a series of emails that follow. And that series of emails is all about bringing people into your world. So usually... The first type of email that I would send would be something that relates to what I do, but in a way that it relates to them. So something I always try to remember with my emails is it's never about me. It's always about them. If it is about me, it's how what I'm doing or saying relates to them and their problem. And that's the key with emails. You can't talk about me, 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 me. It needs to always relate back to them in a way that they can almost see themselves in what you're saying. So it's about a lot of storytelling. It's not trying to sell too quickly because at the end of the day, you haven't built that relationship with them yet. So I always think of it like dating. (laughs) It's exactly like dating, really. You know, you've got to woo them. 
Um, you wouldn't ask somebody to marry you on the first date. Well, I hope you wouldn't because that would just be weird. But you generally don't, do you? <laughs> you would, and we go through a series of dates. It's called dating for a reason. So you kind of need to think about your emails that you send them in that sort of way. You know, you're on your best behavior kind of, aren't you, when you go on a first date? You're not going to eat spaghetti and have it slapping around your face with a load of sauce all over you. That's not what you're going to eat. Usually, you know, we're picking away, pretending to be really healthy, having a salad or whatever. And then by the time you get to the second date, oh, might squeeze in the odd ice cream. Yeah. And then by the time you've got to the third date, spaghetti's back on the menu again. So you kind of need to think of it in that way. You know, think about how you could woo somebody, but from a business perspective, when you go out on a first date, you don't just talk about yourself. I hope, I'm hoping you talk about them as well. And you try and engage in a conversation. And that's what you're doing with your emails. You're trying to engage in a conversation. And there's certain things that work really well. So for example, one of the big things in an email is your PS. You'll be amazed how many people scroll to the end of an email. So if you've got something really important to say, say it in a PS. If you've got a question to ask them, say it in the PS. That works really well. And what you're trying to do is engage them in a conversation. So I'm not saying that every email needs to ask a question. You can't say in every email, you know, hit reply and tell me your biggest problem or whatever it might be that you're saying. But use your emails as an open dialect and a way to really start to get them to talk back to you. Because like I said at the beginning, it's a personal space. So you want to encourage that conversation. But by telling them stories about different things that have happened, relating that back to the problem I know they've had as well, if that makes sense. So really, it's about showcasing who you are but in a way that benefits them, especially in that first uh, nurture sequence. Then as you move forward, I mean, emailing on a regular basis, you only need to email them once a week. And it might be that you do a blog post every week. If you do a blog post every week, could you take elements of that blog post and send it to them in an email? Yeah, it doesn't have to be anything amazing. In some cases, it might be that you saw, like that TikTok video that you saw, it might be something that you sent to your audience because you think it's particularly relevant. It's all about relationship building. Think of them as friends. Think about things you would phone your friend up to tell them, maybe not all the dirty bits, but, you know, the fun bits and the bits that you might want them to know. It's a relationship that you're creating with people here. I totally agree. It's so important to, to, you know, think of it, as you said, think of it as a dialogue, not a monologue. We're not talking to people. We're talking with them. Absolutely. And never talk at them. <laughs> That's the other thing as well. Yeah. Is, there, is there a number of emails that you would say like that you would want to send before you like start selling to them? Because I know that mm. that's like a question maybe some of our listeners would have is like, okay, so you do start, you know, you've got this freebie, then you've got your welcome sequence where you're engaging the conversation. But at what point do you finally start to you know, ask those questions or request those CTAs or I guess officially start to sell what your offer is? Sure. So I would usually do that at around email five. Um, But you're asking for a micro commitment rather than a macro commitment. That's the way I always try and look at it. You know, asking them to hop on a call with you is not the same as saying, hey, buy my course at 997 or whatever it might be. There's a very big difference. So 
all throughout that sequence, you should be asking them to make micro-commitments anyway. And a micro-commitment can be things like, come watch my video tutorial I did on blah, 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 or listen to my podcast episode on X, Y, Z. You're asking them to make a commitment because they've got to physically, I know it sounds silly, but they've got to physically click on that link and spend the time listening to that podcast or watching that tutorial or reading that blog post or commenting on that social media post or whatever it might be. So it's about getting them used to doing what you tell them to do and getting them used to you asking them to do things by making these micro commitments so that by the time you get to the point where you're saying, hey, why don't we jump on a call and talk about this in more detail? That's like, okay, yeah, I can do that. It's You've programmed them a little bit more. You've manipulated them somewhat, of course, um, but you've taken them on this path because they've got used to doing these little micro commitments with you. So it's about taking what you've got, like I say, whether that's a podcast, whether that's a YouTube, whether that's a, a pre-recorded evergreen webinar or whatever it might be, and starting to insert those little asks right from the beginning. Hit reply and tell me what's holding you back, for example, is a micro-commitment because somebody's had to hit reply and pour their heart out to you. So one of the most opened emails I've got, and this is this is like one of my little secret things, is whenever anybody takes one of my quizzes, I have um, another email that goes out about 30 minutes later, and it says, can I ask you a subject line? And it gets so many opens, it's not funny. And it's a really, really short, succinct email. And it just says, hey, just wanted to make sure that you received um, the quiz results. Um, just hit reply and let me know that you got them. And I'll also send you my 10-step guide to start a wedding business, for example. And you will be amazed how many replies I get to that email. Now, that's doing several things. That is teaching my email provider that my emails are important because people are actually hit and reply to them. And we all know how difficult it can be to not land in junk or spam or promotions or whatever. So that's a little trick or a little hack that you can use to start upping the priority of your emails. And it's also teaching your audience to look out for your emails and get used to opening your emails and that there's something of value that you're going to be getting. So that's one that works quite well. Um, Something else I've implemented with some of the different lead magnets is, and this is a little bit more technical, but it's not difficult. You just have to connect the dots. I have something called my, and I do this more with quizzes than anything else, but I've, I've done it as well where it works with other lead magnets. I call it my results SMS. So I've connected an SMS platform to my CRM. So the minute somebody gives me their name and email address to get their quiz results, not only does it fire off the automation in my CRM, but it also sends them an SMS saying, hey, your quiz results are in, go check your inbox and don't forget to check your junk mail. That's it. And that's a text message, right? My open rates go, (laughs) yes. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That is so cool. So it's really, really simple. It does not cost a lot, but my open rates went up so much when I did that. I mean, we use the SMS quite a bit for different things, but that's how I would use it with a lead magnet. And I would always say, never abuse it. People don't like it when you randomly text them for no reason whatsoever. But when they've just asked for something and you're sending them the results and saying, hey, your results are in, go check your inbox. That's it. I very, very rarely get somebody press the stop button to receive to stop receiving those SMSs. So 
And they would opt into that, right? They would opt in and like agree like, oh yes, SMS is okay. Or I can receive my quiz results through text message. Yep. I've never heard of that tip. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah. A little bit different. What are some of your other like programs or something that you would suggest to somebody who's just kind of starting out on this path? Okay, so if you've never made a lead lead magnet before and you've decided that you want to do some kind of PDF download, then absolutely sign up for a free Canva account to design it. Um, I don't know about you, but I am so not a graphic designer, but even I can do it with Canva. (laughs) Yep. It's fabulous. Um, I mean, I have a paid account, but you don't have to. You, you really don't need to have a paid account. So that would be the first thing I'd do because it, it makes the design of all this stuff so much easier. Um, secondly, if you don't have a website, then you can sign up for something like lead pages because that has everything built in for you. So there's lots of them like lead pages, but that's just one I can think of off the top of my head. So what it does is it gives you that landing page where people come to find out about whatever your freebie is. It has all the form stuff built in ready for you. So you don't have to find a way of putting a form into it. Um, And you can either collect the email addresses right there and then, or you can connect your CRM, whatever that might be, MailChimp, ActiveCampaign, Infusionsoft, ConvertKit. It's not Infusionsoft, it's Keep. Um, ConvertKit or any of those, MailerLite is another one. Um, And you can connect the two quite easily. Two little pieces of code, um, very easy to find. You just insert them and the two have connected um, and it will put all the information in there for you. So really, that's all you need, something to design it in. If you don't have a website, you can use lead pages. If you do have a website, well, then it's a simple case of creating a page about which you're going to talk about what that lead magnet is and why somebody should want to give their name and email address in order to receive it. And again, you will need to connect your CRM to the form on your website. But nine times out of 10, if you've got a website, you'll also have a developer. So they're likely to be able to do that for you. There'll be somebody who can make those connections for you. But those are really some of the things you need. Now, I use um, ClickSend. I use them for my SMSs. And the reason I use them, um, two reasons. A, they're cheap. Um, B, they're global, three reasons. And three, they play very nicely with others, meaning that it's very easy to connect them to other platforms to make them work, to do things like your, you know, results, SMS, et cetera, et cetera. So those are just some of the tools that I would use. That's super helpful. I think getting um, started in a simple manner is always appreciated by our audience. Yes, <laughs> so definitely. We have we have folks that are new to business and also sort of veterans in business, but always looking to streamline and yeah. make things simple. So I love Canva. Um, I yes. I use. I use a, a, a platform called Kartra for my, that hosts my course, that hosts my lead pages, all the things. Uh, yeah. it's, it's like an all-in-one funnel system. So nobody needs to go into, it's a very robust system and it can be very overwhelming. So I like the fact that you pointed out some of these like very simple. And <laughs> QuickSend, is QuickSend yes. Q-U-I-C-K-S-E-N-D? Uh, no, it's click as in when you click oh, on click. something. 
Yes, mm, sorry, ClickSend. Uh, nope, so C- okay. T-L-I-C-K-S-E-N-D. That is just something I am definitely looking up because that sounds like a real game changer. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Oh, they're, they're great. It's really yeah. easy to use and everything's online. And I have a global yeah. audience. I work in the US, Canada, UK, Europe, Australia, New Zealand. So for me to be able to send SMSs anywhere mm-hmm. makes a huge difference for me. And it doesn't cost a fortune. It's, you know, it's worth it to know that my emails are getting opened. Um, so it makes a yeah. difference. Um, we no, also no. use it for masterclasses as well. So if we're hosting a <coughs> oh, webinar, yeah. um, we will send, we noticed our show up rate to live webinars went up by about 32%, I think it was, just oh. by sending an SMS 15 minutes before we went live with whatever I webinar or masterclass we were doing. So that was just another way that we've used it in the past. How many times have I missed like some free webinar that I've signed up yeah. for because it like they send it in the email, but I might not have my email no. open or and it doesn't pop up on my phone. So that is fantastic. So Kylie, thank you so much. Where can people learn more about you and your, you know, the services that you you've kind of talked about here? Well, I have a quiz that you can take strangely enough. Love it. Is it. Love fact, it. Factor quiz. You can find your fact factor. Um, and that's something I would suggest that you go through because then you can see how the whole thing fits together and all the little pieces. You can see the types of emails that I send through. You Definitely can analyze gonna do them if you want to because then you can, mm-hmm. you can actually understand what I'm talking about by these micro commitments, the different stories that I tell, et cetera. Um, so it's kylielang.com forward slash quiz. Um, and pretty much everything about me is on kylielang.com. You will find out more about my services. I've got a course I do done for you. I do done with you. But pretty much everything I do is quizzes. So, yeah, come say hello. Come take my quiz and let me know what you think. I love we'll be it. sharing all of these links in the show notes so people can check out kylielang.com or kylielang.com slash quiz. Um, which I know I will be taking after the wrap <laughs> so up. I will this look interview. out for your name. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. You you'll have to look out for it, Kylie. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and taking the time out of uh, you know your your fabulous life in in France. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you're welcome. Thank this was you so for good. Me. Thank you so great. much. <laughs> no worries. So there was a lot to unpack in that episode, even though it was very straightforward. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of rethinking it in my head and there was a lot that we covered so not only did we cover like email marketing starting from you know an amazing lead magnet Mm -hmm. but we also talked a lot about the fab factor and injecting that along the way along our clients journey so um that was like I'm just thinking back I'm like wow we unpacked a lot yeah well I think I think you do a really great job when you send out your emails, um, injecting your personality. Like it's, it's so funny. Every time I read an email that comes in from you, I can actually, just cause I know you so well, I can actually hear your voice. There's, there's like mm. a couple of people that I, when, when I, when I read something that they've written, I actually can hear their voice coming through it. And it's like you, mm. my mom, Alex, my husband, and for some reason, Rick Steves. Wait, who? <laughs> Rick Steves, he's, he's the travel, he's a, he's, he's very famous in the travel world. He does, oh. um, yeah, he does like a show on PBS 
um, Rick Steves Europe and he's gone all over the world, but he has like this very distinctive way of talking. He's from America, but like he just, he enunciates really well. Mm. And he, he has like this, he, he scripts his shows, but it doesn't sound terribly scripted, but I just, I, anytime I read like a tweet from him or like a Facebook post, cause yes, I follow him on both. I can hear him, his voice when I read it. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with you. It's just, you know, you guys, you do a great job of really showing your personality through. And in terms of your fab factor, you know, you've shared so many things about your life through your emails and copy Yeah, that people can really connect to. And I think that's really what it gets down to is that people don't want to give their email over or receive emails from somebody who's just going to try to sell them you know, this and that and the other yeah. thing. It, well, we've talked about connect. that a lot on the so show much. Where, where we want to, you know, we need to nurture our audience, which is true. And, but one thing I really liked, well, actually there's a couple things that tie back to this is number one is I think people have gotten sort of this malaise over like lead magnets and opt-ins and like, you know, we're just kind of like over it. Like, oh yeah. And what's yeah. this? Is it actually going to be a good thing? Or like, am I just downloading a bunch of garbage? Like well, I, so much stuff that you can sign up for. I can't tell you how many things things I put in my junk box every single day. So there's that. I thought that that was really interesting and and bringing light to like quizzes, which is something that I've been, I actually have a quiz like in draft right now that I haven't like Mm -hmm. finished, but I think that's such a, a fresh way to look at it. But then the other thing that I thought was really interesting that she pointed out, and it kind of ties back to your comment about emails is like thinking of it as sharing information as if you would to a friend. And I guess I never really put it in that perspective. I always knew I wanted to connect, but now I'm like, what would I actually, if I wanted to share a life update to someone or or if I wanted to just like the fact that I shared that TikTok with you, it's like, hmm, I could actually, you know, share relevant TikToks or interesting um, blog posts that I've read that I think my audience might find valuable because I just want to share it with a friend. Yeah, I know. I told, I used to do, um, when I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with my blog, I shared this thing on Mondays. Um, and it was basically kind of an easy way to, um, get, you know, content out on the blog. Right. And it was like things you may have missed over the weekend or something I did. And it was like articles that I had read, um, that were either inspiring or really interesting. And it's funny because, um, my mom has a friend that she's had, gee, oh gosh, since she was early twenties. And he is during the pandemic. Um, he started sending out this email to some of his friends and it's like a bunch of different links and information of really interesting pieces. And so she would like pull it up and start reading stuff to me. And I actually asked to be added to the list. He's not even a business. Um, he actually was a marketing. He came up with the BL you can be, um, slogan for the army. Mm. several years ago wow so, yeah that was that was all him and if you saw the commercials of like the guy popping out of the tank with the be all you can be that was actually him he actually got to do that oh wow um it was a really yeah he had a cool. really, he's had a really cool um career but like i've actually asked to be on the list because it's so interesting some of the stuff he comes up with so that that that's an idea there jesse mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know adding some of that in personality that you've become famous for yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but the other thing I think was, was a game changer for me was that click send. And I don't know if that's something I can do right now, but that's, yeah. that's definitely something to look at down the road. For sure. Definitely so. so if you have an email list, an active email list, and you have some extra money that you can put towards 
that um, that might be something you want to start integrating into your marketing plan. Yeah, for sure. Just an idea, folks. Just an idea. Well, thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community, and leave us a comment about what you want us to talk about. You can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation, and you can email us at cocktailsandcontentcreation at gmail.com. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at fashionablykateandco. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you're looking to learn more about brand photography and get into that niche of photography, I am at the Brand Photographer Method. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating. Cheers.